Mercy and peace to you from God, our Father, and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Please be seated. Going to take advantage of being in a college town rather than a small town in Iowa to begin my sermon with a grant against APA style. Taking a class right now in organizational management or something like that. I don't remember what it's called. Uh, and I have to write my papers in APA style. Now, I haven't been in school for almost 20 years. And when I was in school, both in college and seminary, I wrote in what I believe is probably God's favored style, which is Turabian. And I know Turabian backwards and forwards. I can cite, you'd give me whatever it is. I can cite a magazine article, I can cite a journal, I can cite a book, whatever it is. I can cite like crazy. APA, not so much. And I was a little worried about it. And so I emailed the professor and I said, look, I'm an old man, I'm set in my ways, I'm scared by APA, I don't want to do this. Also, I consider it inferior in many ways. It's no reason to do that. They do it automatically, footnotes, it's much better, much more readable. And he said, you know, I don't really care, I just want you to cite your references. As long as you're citing your references, you're fine, because... The Lord deal with me, be it ever so severely, if I have any independent new thoughts. My understanding is that's not encouraged in academia, and so you have to cite your sources. It's always somebody else's cite thoughts. That's not true, obviously. Eventually you get to the point where they expect everything to be new thoughts, or you're not really doing your job. But when you're just taking a, a class, you're supposed to be learning and showing what you learn, showing that you've learned the material that came beforehand, that you have a, a mastery of that earlier material. And that is exactly what the people were expecting when Jesus went into the synagogue on the Sabbath in Capernaum and started teaching. They were expecting him to teach with footnotes or endnotes or inline notation or whatever it might be. Because that's how people preached back then. That's how the rabbis preached. They didn't say, this is my opinion, or this is my thought, or this is my revelation. There hadn't been a prophet for hundreds of years. They would always quote somebody else. Rabbi so-and-so said that Rabbi so-and-so said that Rabbi so-and-so said this. And then the words of the prophet said this, and so-and-so said that this prophet said that. They were always quoting somebody else. But Jesus came in and he taught them and he amazed them. It says they were astonished because he taught as one who had authority and not like the scribes. The scribes were just citing other people. They didn't have any of their own opinions. They didn't have any of their own new research or anything like that. The scribes were just citing other people. And that will get boring after a while. You could see how they would be astonished by this. This is new. This is different. We're used to them just quoting somebody from the past. You know, we do this now when, when we're arguing. We quote the Bible to each other. And when we are uh, maybe disagree about what the Bible says, maybe if you can really win an argument by quoting Luther or quoting one of the church fathers or quoting the Book of Concord or what it might be, we do this too. People appeal to authority all the time. But Jesus came and Jesus taught as someone who had authority, not like the scribes. 
And the reason he was doing this, he was doing this to fulfill what Moses had said in our Old Testament lesson in Deuteronomy, that the Lord was going to raise up from among his people, from among your brothers, he says, a prophet like Moses. Well, what kind of prophet was Moses? Well, Moses was a prophet who knew God face to face. Moses was a prophet who spoke the word of God, but was more than a prophet. He was prophet, priest, and king. He was the prophet of Israel speaking God's word to them. He was the priest of Israel interceding between God and Israel. And he was the king of Israel ruling them according to God's will. And so God is raising up Jesus to be a prophet like Moses, but really much more than Moses. He's not only going to speak God's word, he is God's word. He's not only going to intercede for Israel, he is going to offer himself as the sacrifice for Israel's sin. He's not going to rule Israel by God's law. He will rule by the gospel, by his own blood, and rule not over Israel, just Israel, but over all of creation when he ascends to sit at the right hand of the Father. Jesus is the greater Moses. Jesus does what Moses never could do, and because of that, he establishes his word with authority. This unclean spirit comes, and he must have thought, you know, it's a demon. He must have thought, I'm going to mess with this Jesus. I'm going to mess up his plans. Watch this. And so he comes, and what do you have to do with us, Jesus of Nazareth? Have you come to destroy us? I know you're the Holy One of God. And Jesus, in his understanding, in his time, he knew it was not the time to reveal fully who he was. The season of Epiphany is about how God reveals, little by little, starts to show who Jesus really is. And it wasn't quite time yet. And so this demon comes and he thinks, ha-ha, I'm going to let out the secret and it's going to mess everything up for you. But Jesus rebukes him. Jesus makes him be silent and Jesus expels him. Casts him out from this man. And so what actually happens is instead of the demon ruining Jesus' plans, the demon falls right into Jesus' plan. Because now his teaching, his word that had authority, is established also by a miracle. The people see that. And they are even more amazed. And so they start talking among themselves, what is this? Who is this guy? He has a new teaching a new teaching with authority, not like the scribes and the Pharisees, not like these guys who just keep quoting older people and we hear the same boring sermons week after week. Something new. And now he even commands the unclean spirits so that they obey him. And so his fame begins to spread throughout all the surrounding region of Galilee. But the secret here is not only that he had a word with authority, that his teaching had authority. The secret here is that it's by his own authority. He's not doing this by anyone else's authority. It is his own authority because he is the word of God. He is everything that the Father is. And so when he speaks God's word, he speaks on his own behalf because he is God having taken on human flesh. 
to be the prophet, priest, and king for Israel and for the whole world. He does this by his own authority. And by his own authority, by his own will, from the very beginning of his life, his conception in the womb of the Blessed Virgin Mary, to his death on the cross, by his own will and by his own authority, he is obeying God's law perfectly, something Moses could not do. He is obeying God's law perfectly, fulfilling every letter, every jot and tittle, the old King James said, of the law. Earning the blessing of the law. The blessing of the law is whoever does this law shall live, but whoever breaks this law shall surely die. And when we look at the law of God, when we hear the law of God, we have to be honest with ourselves that we do not fulfill it. That according to the law of God, we deserve nothing but death. Eternal death, eternal separation from God. But Jesus is not only our great prophet who preaches his word, he is our great priest. He is the priest who takes that blessing of the law, that obedience, and offers it as a sacrifice for your sin and my sin, for the sin of the whole world. He is a priest who offers himself as the sacrifice. And it is a sacrifice of infinite value. And because he has offered that sacrifice, all who trust in him have what he offers. The forgiveness of sins that only his blood can buy. We sing in one of our hymns, not all the blood of beasts on Israel's altars slain could take away our sin or clean us of the stain. But Jesus' blood, shed one time on the cross, is not only to forgive the sins of one person, but to forgive the sins of all, of the whole world. Because Jesus died, because Jesus lived a perfect life, because Jesus offered himself as the perfect sacrifice, you can have absolute confidence that your sins are forgiven because the Son of God offered his perfect life in your place as your high priest. And then he not only died, he rose from the dead. He ascended into heaven. He sits at the right hand of the Father and he reigns through all eternity. He is the greatest of kings, a a king greater than David, greater than Solomon, greater than any of the kings of this world because he is a king over all of the universe. He is the source and the authority of the teaching and he is also the source and authority of your life. All of us have our life and breath in him. He is the source of all the living. He is our king and everything that we have depends on him. And when he comes again in all his glory, he will rule over heaven and earth. And he will take us to be with him and to live with him in eternity. Because he is our perfect prophet, our perfect priest, and our perfect king. He has authority. It's his own. It's the authority to give over his life for you. 
and he gave it up willingly. And now he has all authority over heaven and earth. And he uses that authority not to punish you for your sin, but through his church to give you his word and sacraments so that you can believe and by believing have forgiveness of sins and eternal life. Thanks be to God for sending us one of our brothers to be our prophet, priest, and king, to take on our sin, to forgive our sin, to die for our sin. Thanks be to God for sending us a prophet who spoke not only God's word, but his own word, because he is the word of God. Thanks be to God for putting over us a king who does not rule us with fear, but who rules us in love, having sacrificed himself to save us so that we can be his kingdom forever. In the name of Jesus, amen. Now the peace of God that passes all understanding, keep your hearts and your minds in faith in Christ Jesus to everlasting life in his name. Amen.